Um, this is, uh, hi there, it's Banter with Bowman, and my name is Dana Bowman, where I interview interesting local people from around Edmonton, just to see what they're, they're doing. So this is Kelly Parrott, and she works at Awin Insurance. Hi, Kelly. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me, or being on here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for inviting me today, Dana. Absolutely. Obviously, I'm the guest of one too many podcasts, because <laughs> I had that, those roles reversed. <laughs> we can start it again if you want. No, we're live. Kay. We're all, all good. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so yeah, Kelly, uh, one or two sentences. Tell me about who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, my name is Kelly Parrott, and I'm a local insurance broker. I've had a brokerage, owned a brokerage for over 30 years now. I have a small office out in Spruce Grove, Alberta. But my focus now is insurance education, training brokers like Dana and people entering into the business. Awesome. Yeah, you were my first boss. Oh, <laughs> I didn't really feel like a boss. I felt more like a mentor for you. Absolutely. Yeah. You, um, you know, it was it was very special working for you. At the time, I was just a subcontractor, just to tell everybody. Um, you paid for all of my fees, like my licensing, everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, if I didn't sell a policy, I wouldn't make any money that month. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you taught me through like every step of the way and. Uh, I really appreciate everything you did for me. So well, you were you. a very quick learner, and I very much enjoyed working with you. Thank and you, I Kelly. still do enjoy our conversations and our our friendship. Thank you. Yes, we still go for drinks and coffee every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> um, so, Kelly, um, part of the reason I wanted to have you on here is because you're uh, a contributing author on a couple different insurance right? textbooks. Yeah. Um, tell us about that. Okay, well, uh, both the, the Insurance Institute and the Brokers Institute Association are the primary educators for the insurance business. As you know, you've worked towards your Canadian Accredited Insurance Brokers designation. Mm -hmm. That's one of the designations that's available out there. Along with that one, there's also the Insurance Institute's program, which is the Chartered Insurance Professional and the Fellowship uh, Chartered Insurance Professional, which is more education that you can take daytimes, evenings, or self-study. So for, for me, delving into that was where the next logical step for me from uh, being an insurance broker. So I teach for both of those programs, and right now they're undergoing an overhaul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been assisting the Insurance Institute and the Brokers Association with rewriting and modernizing their textbooks. Okay. Um, so I remember taking uh, K1234 yep. two years ago, and yep. I remember that there was a little bit, like, for example, about technology. Right. Um, and uh, I'm assuming that's part of what you guys are updating, or, or what are you guys Absolutely. At? There's yeah. a lot of things on technology, like cyber liability is a big concern that we're not so concerned anymore with people kicking in our front doors. Mm -hmm. We're more concerned with them coming through our systems and stealing our information or our data and, in fact, funds as well. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that's definitely one of the up-and-coming coverages that both the Institute and the Brokers Association work on to for seminars and webinars and to update their textbooks. Okay. Can you say which textbooks that you're uh, soon to be the author of? Um, well, there's a couple that I'm already credited on. Um, the... Uh, essential skills of the insurance uh, broker and agent. That's one of them. Absolutely. Okay. C130. <laughs> and then advanced skills of the broker and agent, which is the second one. And uh, the next one to undergo will uh, obviously be broker management. 
Okay. Yeah. And you're the one who also teaches these courses, right? So you do that in person. And I know that right. you do virtual courses as well. Yes, but <laughs> these are national courses. So the my part is very small. Like I get assigned a chapter and then I work on updating it with the, the institute itself and then it's overseen by a group of professionals, so everything is vetted. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay, so this wasn't the plan to talk about this, but if, okay. the, if there's one area that you really like about your textbooks yeah. that you think that maybe either insurance people or um, just regular uh, business owners or, or people that are looking at their home and auto insurance, what's something that they should know based off of the books that you've right. helped author? So the books that I've helped author are really really more for the insurance professional, not so much for the insurance consumer. Okay. Having said that though, mm -hmm. um, I have put together a few courses for the lay people and gone out and talked to them. Uh, for example, uh, Grant McEwen's, um, I believe it was the massage therapist that I went a couple of years ago and did a, did a little course for them on professional liability and what they should be looking for. Um, Construction as well, with in conjunction with the Chamber of Commerce, talking to people about construction insurance as mm. well, and and that's more where I'd like to go with the consumer, more giving them education. Then, as far as purchasing goes, they can go to someone like you. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> So Absolutely. they can purchase insurance from you, but they can learn about it from me and then go to you and learn more about it when they buy it. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's one part that I'm so happy that you were my first boss, my, my mentor when I got into insurance because when I first met you, I mean, um, I, I, I just learned so much about insurance that I think I, I might have missed a lot of those little details yeah. if I had been taught by someone else right. or I would have learned them at a much later stage in my career. Um, so as an example, um, so you always taught me to read the wordings. Absolutely. I know a lot of insurance brokers yeah. don't, unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> they don't. Because they don't understand that there's differences, and that's really the product that we're buying. So when you are buying an automobile, you look at the features of the automobile. Does it have um, maybe a steering wheel warmer and mm -hmm. cruise control, and uh, maybe it has a, a sunroof? You're looking at all of those features when you're buying an automobile, but... For a lot of insurance consumers, all they're looking at is the bottom line and the price. They don't understand that there's differences where each insurance company is a manufacturer of a product and models of a product, the insurance uh, policy. There's mm. different models available as well, so it's up to the insurance broker, like yourself, to be able to look, look at the differences between these various models and then suggest the differences to the consumer, the client that's going to buy it, so that they buy the appropriate insurance model, mm -hmm. right? I think it's very smart <laughs> to do that. <laughs> well, you have to look under the hood. And when you're looking under the hood of a vehicle, it's the same as looking at the words on the page of the insurance policy. That is how the insurance policy will function, that from its actual wording, mm -hmm. those words produce the coverage that the client wants. Definitely. So talking about auto insurance, mm -hmm. um, so uh, we were talking earlier about distracted driving. Right. And this is something that affects both commercial clients and personal clients. So uh, commercial clients, it affects you uh, because your insurance company might consider it a major uh, conviction, similar right. to DUI. Personal insurance, it affects you as well. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about that? Sure. <laughs> so not to uh, downplay the seriousness of this conviction. It is a very serious conviction, as we know. It is distracted driving is hurting a lot more people and causing almost as many deaths now as impaired driving. Yes. So we do know that we need to do something about it. 
the steps that insurance companies have taken because we have something called an all comers rule here in Alberta which means that legally if someone approaches us for insurance we have to sell it to them liability only if somebody has a distracted driving the insurance company can now decide maybe they don't want to provide physical damage coverage or if it's commercial where they have the choice to turn down a pers uh, an applicant an insurance company could say hey we don't want to insure you because one of your drivers has a distracted driving ticket in the past three years so either get rid of the driver or we're not insuring you mm -hmm. and in personal insurance either you if you have a distracted driving you might not get collision coverage or you might not get physical damage coverage or you might not get a payment plan anymore and this is how insurance companies are dealing with penalizing people mm -hmm. I agree. So um, maybe just to um, articulate it. So um, the all comers rule that we have here in Alberta right. um, is for personal insurance only. Right. It's not for commercial. The, not commercial. Right. It's for liability insurance That's only. That's right. So basically the insurance companies, if you come to them and you ask them to insure you, they have to. That's right. But only for liability. Right. They Anything don't have else. to give you a payment plan. They don't have to give you collision. No. Just liability. So it's definitely hurting a lot of people and um, distracted driving is don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We would never encourage people to do it. We're discouraging people from doing it. But people don't know yet what those penalties are. And now, you know, rumors are out there and people are starting to learn what the penalties are. Yeah. And maybe that will help stop them from doing it because they'll understand the consequences of, of driving yes. uh, with that type of conviction. Um, so uh, there's another thing that's happened very recently too. So I know that in Alberta we changed our licensing rules as well for insurance brokers. This right. probably um, is more interest than insurance people that yeah. are listening. But yeah. um, I think it's really interesting. It's right. it's step in the right direction yes. for sure. I believe so. Uh, we need more qualified people in our business. Mm -hmm. uh, any consumer that's calling around now for auto insurance quotes are probably finding delays. Uh, with when they're contacting brokers because a lot of us are understaffed we don't have time maybe to respond to all of these inquiries uh, so having that on our plate we want to hire more people we want to bring <laughs> more people into the industry the problem is uh, that the licensing exam was very difficult <laughs> and not to not to say that it shouldn't be difficult of course it should be difficult but Multiple choice exams aren't for everybody. We know this, mm -hmm. right? Not everybody responds well to a multiple choice exam. And just because you can't answer uh, correctly 70 questions on a 100 question multiple choice exam doesn't mean that you should be prevented from being an insurance broker. There are professional courses that you can take, like the ones that you took, the CABE program, or or through the institute that will qualify you to be a broker now or an mm -hmm. agent now whereas previously you the only option was to pass this uh, exam that our regulator had now we have other options to get licenses so we hopefully will be able to bring more people into the business and with appropriate courses so that they can learn the business before they start talking clients yeah. which is really important too i think it's very important <laughs> for you to know your stuff you start, before you start exactly to just to clarify so like the the new licensing rules mm -hmm. that have gone to play yeah. doesn't make things easier like no, to get that designation no. i had to pass four different exactly exams. that's right yes. you did mm -hmm. yes it doesn't make things easier it just it makes it so that someone doesn't have to be good at testing 
Mm -hmm. Because really, people can be good at a multiple choice exam, but not understand fully the business. Mm -hmm. Whereas the program you took, the CABE program, immerses you into that business and also provides you with the little idiosyncrasies of the business and the coverages and the exclusions so that you can translate translate that for your clients and assist them in making decisions Absolutely. about their coverages. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about when it comes to like your teaching and um not really just that I would encourage consumers of of our product to search out educated professionals that have taken the time to learn about their business and their products that are available to them and that, that are there for them to help them understand it, like you. Mm -hmm. Well, you would definitely know, too. I mean, you've been around for 30 years <laughs> in the insurance yeah. industry-ish. Yeah, but I'm focused, on, I'm focused <laughs> on developing people like you, not clients. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're really focused on is uh, those mentorship opportunities. Exa exactly. Like developing me. And, and right. my experience in the right. industry, I yeah. know that you have another person under your wing yeah. now. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you're doing in that mentorship field? Um, just looking to someday find more, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you could make a career out of a professional men mentor, I think that's what I'd like to do. Well, that'd be lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that like people are asking you to like go all over the country to teach um, these courses, like the level one Licensing course and level courses, two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I think you were in New Brunswick or New I was Finland. in New Brunswick last year. Uh, teaching licensing, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's really exciting. I know it, it's it's fun to travel, and and one of the virtual courses that I'm teaching is in BC as well. So uh, it doesn't matter where you are now; you can learn. That's the right. really cool thing about yeah. like today's industry. It is. is not everything is all paperwork. Like, That's right. Now it's all on the computer. Yes. <laughs> Same and, amount of work, but yeah. <laughs> and and people and and virtual learning is so interactive now. It's not as static as it used to be to press a button and watch a video. Now it's you know you're there with a live teacher that you can ask questions to and you can interact with them and and get that assistance that you need. Mm -hmm. yeah. So talking to about just if you don't mind talking nope. about like um, the wordings as an example. Yeah. So, Wordings is something that I love reading. Yeah. Um, and one area that I found recently, for just as an example, it was extra expense. Okay. So like yeah. extra expense, like if, yeah. if you have this coverage in some insurance policies, you can use this to um, subcontract out your work in the case of a claim. A manufacturer can subcontract out their right. work to another manufacturer. Right. And then that way they can keep their contracts um, right. intact. Yes. Um, and I'm asking you this without yes. any preparation, but do you have any <laughs> of those other little areas where, you know, there's little coverages that people are maybe not... Right. Super I'm, I'm glad of. I'm glad you brought up extra expense because a lot of people think that just buying um, business interruption is enough. Mm -hmm. If you buy business interruption coverage, which pay which covers your income in the event that you've had uh, an insured loss, so you have a fire, business interruption, you're a restaurant, business interruption will pay for that money that you would have had coming in from customers had you remained open. Having said that, though, business interruption coverage uh, will will also pay for a business to um, try to mitigate their losses. So the expenses of trying to reduce what the insurance company will ultimately pay. Mm -hmm. For your manufacturer though, someone that, as you said, they're gonna contract out the work. What you're looking for is something called increased costs of operating, right? Mm -hmm. Because an insurance company under business interruption isn't just, isn't going to pay for you to lose money. So if you're making widgets, 
<laughs> and it normally costs you a buck to make a widget, mm -hmm. and you're selling all your widgets to one customer, and uh, during your downtime, it's going to cost you a buck fifty to make the widgets, but you can only sell them for a dollar twenty-five. Then the insurance company won't pay those extra costs, that loss of twenty-five cents per widget. Mm -hmm. They won't pay that loss because they only pay for things that would reduce your actual claim, mm -hmm. not things that are going to increase your claim. So you would suffer the loss of that client. Maybe you want to keep that client happy, even though you know that it's going to cost you more than what you can actually sell it for to sell to that client, but you want to keep that client happy. Mm -hmm. That's when your increased costs of operating come into play, besides your business interruption. Mm -hmm. Your business interruption only pays your mitigation loss, not your actual loss of selling the product. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. And I, I think the selling feature there too is that, um, for, well, there's two. One is that you don't want your client to be going to your competitor. Right. So you're keeping it on the down low. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you, betcha. you are keeping that contract yeah. intact as well. So then when you are back in, in, in business, yeah. everything's back to normal. Yeah. The best one I had was the dry cleaner in the small town. Mm -hmm. And, and the, I always use dry cleaners as an example when I'm teaching, but I had a dry cleaner in a small town and he, his boiler went down. So he, and, and it was going to take three months for him to get a new boiler in. So what he did was he rented a truck and then he would, he would continue to take people's dry cleaning. He would load it into a truck and then it, he would drive it to another town two hours away. And he had contracted with that dry cleaner to do all his dry cleaning for him so that he could maintain his happy clients in his small town. So that kind of cost is, is one of the things that you would be looking for for your extra expense or your increased cost of operating coverage is the cost of doing that to keep his customers happy because there's no way he'd make money doing that, right? <laughs> no, but his customers are happy, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So in that case, then, that's usually where I kind of come into play. And you, I, I learned this from you <laughs> where... Um, uh, it's more about like facilitating the policy. Right. Um, we're looking at like the wordings of the policy and the coverages. Absolutely. Ex explaining it to the customer so they know exactly what it yeah. is that they're buying. Um, and also like making sure that they know what is covered, what isn't covered. And then that way, hopefully, right. cross your fingers, you don't have um, those issues where, or those situ situations where someone thinks that something's covered and then it's not. That's and right. Upset. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's always better to know what you're not covered for up front before yeah. a claim. Right, so it's it's always better to go through those, um, through those exclusions, things that are frills like oh, look, my policy has built in that I I have coverage for plants and landscaping. No one thinks about their trees outside, in in of their buildings. So we're not going to worry about that too much. It's nice if it's there, mm -hmm. but something like business interruption where they're not going to have an income and most business owners, small business owners especially are counting on that income from that business to pay their salaries. Mm -hmm. So if that income from the business isn't coming coming in because of an insured loss, they really need that business interruption, right? It's important stuff that yeah. we're talking about here right now. <laughs> <laughs> and to talk to your clients about. Yes, I always do. I, I actually talked to a manufacturer earlier today. That's exactly Great. the conversation we had. Good for you. <laughs> um, so anything else that you wanted to tell me to the young insurance professional or someone who's looking to get into insurance, maybe someone who's looking to get like their license, anything like that? Um, something that you could agree to that a lot of people or a lot of young people think that insurance is boring. Mm -hmm. It's the furthest thing from boring. 
I mean, it sounds like it's boring being an insurance broker, but every single day of my career, and I'm sure of yours, I learn something about business or how certain businesses operate or how people behave or just different things that you learn. If there's a difference between insuring a transportation company compared to insuring a construction company. Very different. And yeah. they're interesting and you learn about both, right? Like did you ever imagine that you would know how ocean cargo works or did you ever imagine that you would know the little idiosyncrasies of a crane. Like, for goodness sake, the things that we learn, <laughs> hey? <laughs> I think it makes us more interesting, all yeah. the businesses that we learn about in our business. Yes, I love learning about different businesses and how yeah. they operate and, yeah, it's definitely- What the they buy, how help. what they make, how they make it, who they sell it to, all of yeah. those things. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on, oh, Kelly. Oh, no problem, it's fun. <laughs> it's great Thank you, you for inviting me. <laughs> So uh, this has been Banter with Bowman. My name is Dana Bowman, and this is Kelly Parrott. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you. <laughs>